0: Welcome to Blind Date with a Book,
1: the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like,
2: Do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song?
1: This is Blind Date with a Book.
2: Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest.
1: I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm a senior entertainment editor at today.com.
0: I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today we're setting
2: up Molly Armstrong, a social justice analyst who focuses on child welfare issues. She has received the prestigious Catherine A. McDonald Award in Service in the New York City Family Court and was a Ruth Tilden Scholar at the NYU School of Law. When she's not advocating for children, she enjoys relaxing with a long walk, good book, and a delicious meal. But you probably won't watch her enjoying reality TV, which she thinks is too cringy. She recently enjoyed Michael Lewis's *The Premonition* and Louise Penny's *All the Devils Are Here*. Her favorite season is fall, and if tattoos only lasted one year, she would get a tattoo of Our Lady of Guadalupe because of Our Lady's strong feminine energy and the reference to Molly's Catholic heritage. Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. We would love to hear just a little bit about your work. So you said in our questionnaire that your on-the-spot TED Talk would be about the foster care system. So what are some of the most common misconceptions that outsiders have about the foster care system?
3: I think the one that worries me the most is that the children in foster care are somehow broken, and they're not broken. They're children like anybody else's children. And so I think there are a wide range of people who could be foster parents if, in fact, they were asked, and if they got a chance to meet kids. And I just, I absolutely love the work. I love working particularly with teenagers because they're feisty and and they've got great questions about life. And it makes you think about the beauty of having
2: a strong family and the lottery of life
3: because none of us get to choose where we're born or who we're
2: born to. Absolutely. You are a ravenous reader. It was one of the reasons we were so excited to have you on the podcast. Now, do you track your reading every year? Uh
3: no. A friend of mine recently convinced me to join Goodreads so that but I'm mostly using that to build up a ridiculous list of books that I want to read. <laughs> And then I will go through my Libby list. Um, I think Libby is a miracle.
2: So Big, big agree. Do you like to read books on paper? Do you like to read audiobooks? What's your favorite method of reading? I've become a big ebook reader because I live in an
3: apartment. And so at a certain point, there's only so many books you can cram into an apartment. I'm not as good at audiobooks, maybe when I'm cooking, but I like the immersion of sitting and looking at a page
2: so to speak. Do you read more than one book at a time or are you like a single? 100%. Book? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you try to balance different different moods with those
3: books? Or- I do. Yeah. I do. With us all being locked down, I find I'm reading at the ends of the spectrum. So I'll read something really serious like Patrice colors, and... Abolitionist handbook, and then I'll read a romance to kind of balance things out. Because the beauty of romance is, you know how they're going to turn out. You yes. don't necessarily know how serious stuff is going to turn out.
2: Now, you even say, I think you're one of the first people to answer a questionnaire who said that you you are open to classic books. So, what were some of the books that you enjoyed reading in high school, in that were in that classic category, or did you come to them later?
3: I think both, like
2: reading Trollope later.
3: You're like, wow, people people liked they always like a good narrative and they like something that goes on and on and on. It's like Dickens. It's appreciating that, you know, now we binge-watch Netflix and then they
2: binge-watched Dickens. So, <laughs> it's a great way to think of it. You know, I don't think I appreciated Dickens when I read it in high school because I had heard he got paid per word and it made me feel like, well, I should get paid per word to read it then. that's great so what keeps you from reading or does anything keep you from reading
3: I would say the thing I've been struggling with during the pandemic is any kind of suspense so Louise Penny I'm enough of a fangirl that I will barrel through her books I in fact set up time in my schedule when I know it's going to come out and just block out time to read her books but with anything else i find i get stuck at that moment and so then i end up walking away that moment of crisis so that that moment of a thrill and that cuts out a lot of books and so i'd really love to have be able to push through with something that's as compelling enough that i can get
2: over my squirminess right now excellent does anyone else have any other questions for molly
1: I wanted to ask you about romance novels. Like, when did you start reading romance? Because I I came to it a little bit later, and now I can't get enough. I pretty much finish every single day reading a romance novel.
3: (laughs) Girl, you came to it late? (laughs) I, I started reading them in my 50s, and I think I did not appreciate from afar the wide range of subjects that can be covered under romance. And I love me a feisty, feisty main character. And again, with things being as uncertain as they are in the world, it's really nice to know that everything's going to get wrapped up with a bow at the end of the book.
1: Well, I know that we're giving you book recommendations, but can you give a shout out to one of the romance novels you liked recently with a feisty heroine?
2: Bombshell by Sarah (gasps) McLean. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Feisty, feisty, feisty. It was so good. (laughs) I can't wait for the rest of the series. I agree. Molly, over the next two rounds, we'll each introduce you to books that we love. So we get points based off how much you like the the dates that we set you up on. You win no matter what with six great recommendations, but one of us will win by being this week's best matchmaker. And if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores. So today I'm going to be playing for White Whale Bookstore in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Elena, who are you playing for?
1: I'll be playing for Watchung Books in Montclair, New Jersey.
2: And Kristen, what indie bookstore are you playing for? I'm playing for Harriet's Bookshop in Philadelphia, PA. Excellent! Okay, Molly, get ready for your literary meet-cute. Elena, let's hear about your first round pick.
1: All right, Molly. So in your questionnaire, you mentioned that you admire your best friend because of their ability to do hard things. My first recommendation is a memoir about a woman who spends nearly her whole life gathering the strength to do one very hard thing, a thing that will put her in immediate and undeniable danger. So maybe this book will also help you cross that suspense hurdle. Judas, How a Sister's Testimony Brought Down a Criminal Massacre Mastermind by Astrid Helader was a massive bestseller when it came out in the Netherlands in 2016. Helader is a criminal lawyer and the youngest sister of the Netherlands' most famous criminal, Willem Halater, who was part of the kidnapping of Heineken beer mogul Freddie Heineken in 1983 and went on to live a very public life of crime. To the general public in the Netherlands, Wim was a fixture of fascination. He was pretty much a celebrity, but privately, he terrorized his family members with not-so-veiled threats and was responsible for the death of his brother-in-law and former best friend, Cor van Hout. In many ways, we're all stuck with our family, and this harrowing book shows the dark side of that fact, how an abusive childhood home ended up having lifelong ramifications for four siblings. Even though the book has truly reprehensible figures, it's all redeemed by Helader's indomitable spirit, which she uses to bolster the other women in her family who must also speak out against Vim. You'll be rooting for Astrid as she risks her life to do what she feels she must. That is Judas by Astrid Halider.
2: All right. Alana's first round pick was Judas by Astrid Halider.
0: Okay, Kristen, what is your first round pick? One of the details that stood out for me in your questionnaire was your appreciation for the natural world and your spirituality or the glimpses that we got of your spirituality. If you could get a tattoo for a year, for example, your choice would be Our Lady of Guadalupe and your dream vacation is hiking across Bhutan. So it just so happens there's a brand new novel that combines a quest across an eastern mountain range with a more intimate story about faith and brotherhood. Kwan Berry's third novel, When I'm Gone, Look for Me in the East, follows twin brothers who have taken different paths in life. Chilun is about to take his vows at the monastery when he is reunited with Moon, who rejected monastery life for the pleasures of the Mongolian capital. Together, they're asked to find the reincarnation of a spiritual leader, and the quest forces them to address their fractured relationship. Like many twins, Chaloon and Moon are eerily close, and thanks to Barry's signature appreciation for the strange and bewitching, they can even hear one another's thoughts, even though they rather wouldn't. (laughs) While this novel has a strange premise, reading it is like looking into a clear mountain stream. The sentences are lucid, crystal, and deceptively simple. They'll sweep you away into the mountains and deserts of Mongolia on a quest to understand the relationship between doubt and faith.
2: All right, Kristen's round one pick is When I'm Gone, Look for Me in the East by Quan Barry. Okay, my first round pick. You say that... One thing you love about your best friend, just like Elena mentioned, is that he has incredible character and does hard things. You also talk about your love of hiking and adventure, and the fact that you're curious about seeing what the world might become in the future. These things, paired with your Catholic heritage, led me to recommend the book The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. A friend recommended this book to me last year with three words, Jesuits in Space and I couldn't not pick it up from those context clues. This book, originally published in the mid-90s, follows a crew of unlikely space explorers as they set out in Russell's imagined version of 2021 to discover the source of a mysterious signal that sounds unmistakably like music. The main characters, like my friend teased, are Jesuit priests, but on board are a diverse cast of experiences and relationships with God or not. This book is told in two timelines, the preparation and trip, and then flashing forward to the aftermath and return of only one of the passengers 40 years later. You said that thrillers are hard for you to pick up right now because of the suspense. So this book is perfect because you already know the ending, but you don't know how we get there. And that keeps you reading. I've never read a book so adventurous while being so philosophically satisfying. It takes on subjects of colonialism, the abstinence that comes with priesthood and friendship. Like my friend, I am happy now to claim this is one of my favorite books. So my recommendation is The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. All right, Molly, what would your first round pick be?
3: So I want to say y'all have made this really, really hard. I have not read any of these three. So kudos (laughs) Just right there. I love the strong sibling themes in both Elena and Mm. Kristen's book. I love how you all picked up on my Catholic heritage. And so, I mean, it's really hard, Rachel, to resist something described as Jesuits in space. But Kristen, a lucid sentence makes me incredibly happy. I think the one that will push me the most away from my comfort zone to try something really different is the Quan Berry book. So that's Kristen's choice.
2: All right. So your first round pick is When I'm Gone, Look for Me in the East by Kwan Berry. And also this will be officially the second Kwan Berry book that I've picked up on Kristen's recommendation (laughs) because it sounds amazing.
0: She's so interesting. And I did recommend um, her <laughs> other book <laughs> last season. But um, I, I know that you said that experimental literary fiction is not necessarily your bag. But I think even though this is doing interesting things, it's the sentences that are, they're just so easy to slip into. And I think it will help, like you said, propel you into something that might be a little bit different. But I'll,
3: I'll tell you straight up, I'm reading all three.
0: The Sparrow is so many of my friend's favorite books. So, you know, Rachel coming back to it in, in this round really has made me want to pick it up again, too.
2: All right. So where we're sitting at the end of the first round is that Kristen is starting out with a strong 20 points and several people buying this new book. But I think we'll all be adding these to our TBRs. So we'll take a tiny break and we'll be back for round two and three more new book recommendations. All right, welcome back for round two of Blind Date with a Book. We are here with Molly Armstrong, setting her up with three more recommendations for books to read. So Elena, how about you start us off for
1: round two? Okay, Molly, so we have referenced this tattoo thing multiple times, but I'm going to reference it again, (laughs) because it really stood out to me that you would get a tattoo of Our Lady of Guadalupe referencing your Catholic heritage. and because it's an homage to undervalued, strong, feminine energy. And I think that Matrix, a 2021 novel by Lauren Groff, captures that energy, no tattoo required. The novel is set in an abbey in 12th century England, and it's presided in this version of history by the real life historical figure Marie de France. And I'm saying this version of history because we know nothing about the real Marie de France's actual life. She is the first woman to write recorded poetry in the French language, but we don't know about her history and Groff tries to fill in that gap with Matrix. Part of the book's appeal is in watching Marie transform from a shy exile from the royal court, who's not really into the whole chanting thing at the Abbey, into this larger than life abbess and visionary poet. But my favorite part were all the side characters and all the nuns who are incredibly idiosyncratic and the many dramas that happen while society isn't watching over the decades. They're all functioning in this little utopia that Marie has created. You wrote that you wouldn't want to go back in time because you love having access to education, being able to work and be independent, and very much same, but this book imagines what the ambition for independence might look like in the 12th century and how these women create a more equitable society, that, but they're only able to do so because they're removed from the world and removed from men. Their isolation becomes a privilege, and eventually, when people in the outside world catch on, a threat Groff captures a world or she imagines a world that might have otherwise been forgotten. And I'm grateful to have been given access to it, even if it was only for a few pages.
2: All right. So Elena's second round pick is Matrix by Lauren Groff. Kristen, what's your second round pick?
1: Okay.
0: I feel like I'm taking a double risk here because not only am I following Elena's pitch for Matrix, which is one of my favorite reads of last year. You mentioned in your intro, Molly, that reading suspense has been harder for you, even though you really love Louise Penny and make time for her on your reading calendar. But I'm going to go in swinging with a really strong detective novel. This is a different kind of detective novel, one where the journalist who is investigating the murder is strong, compelling, and easy to root for many of the qualities that you said you appreciated in your Laura Littman's The Lady in the Lake takes us back to the Baltimore of the 1960s. Maddie Schwartz is determined to leave her bad marriage behind and make a name for herself as a journalist at the Star. When she manages to make a break in the shocking murder case of Cleo Sherwood, a Black woman, her star suddenly on the rise. Maddie's investigation takes her across Baltimore and, in one of my favorite elements of the book, into the minds and voices of a rich cast of characters, from a waitress to a baseball player on the Baltimore— Baltimore Orioles. We even hear from Cleo in The Hereafter, as she watches Maddie attempt to close in on her killer. It's a thrilling portrayal of investigative journalism during a turbulent time in America's history, and the novel ends on a twist you won't see coming. So I, I do hope that it's propulsive enough to get you over the hurdles that you've experienced with uh, thrillers in the past. That is Laura Lippman's The Lady in the Lake.
2: All right, Kristen's round to pick was The Lady in the Lake by Laura Lippman. That is a lot of L's. okay my round two pick here we go you say that you're impressed by people who are stand up and who help where they can and that you love the tv show saving grace i think if you haven't already read all of jay courtney sullivan's novels that you would absolutely devour them and i'd encourage you to start with saints for all occasions this novel follows two irish sisters as they move to america tracking their different decisions and how it affects their family 50 years down the line one sister's journey leads her to a life as a cloistered nun in Vermont, while one becomes the matriarch of a large Catholic family. But neither of them talks anymore. Jay Courtney Sullivan is a writer that I turn to when I need a story that feels deeply personal but not overly sentimental. She writes with humor and grace about the ways that families fall apart. And at least in my opinion, deftly maneuvers the complexities that come with Catholic family life. I love a good family saga, especially a sister story. And to have a sister story that's both about familial sisters and religious nuns? Yes, please. Saints for All Occasions was the kind of book that I hugged once I finished it. And I hope if you haven't read it already that you will consider picking it up for yourself. Okay, so your three books for this round are Elena's Pick, Matrix by Lauren Groff, Kristen's pick, Lady in the Lake by Laura Lippman, and my pick, Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan. Molly, what do you pick to take out?
3: Okay, so once again, you've nailed it. This may be the only episode of your show or any show where two of the books feature nuns, so... Um, (laughs) I know. I love that. That's pretty awesome. So Kristen, I read Lady in the Lake, and I loved it. Oh, great. And I'm a big fan of Baltimore. So that's another plus. Um, So narrowing it down to the two nun books, Rachel... (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, I'm going, I have not read any of J. Courtney Sullivan's books. So that is immediately going on my list. And I love, love, love my five sisters. So the idea of a strong sibling note in a book is incredibly appealing. But I have to say, Elena had me, had me with the nun in Matrix going back into the 14th century. And I believe strongly nuns are like the unsung heroes of the ages. The men were always trying to shove them back into cloisters, and they just refused to go. So I'm going to read both Matrix and Saints for All Occasions, but Elena edged you out on this one, Rachel. I
2: am a graceful loser on this one. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, so where that leaves us here at the end of the game is that Elena gets 20 points for your choice of Matrix for round two. But because you had already read and loved Lady of the Lake by Laura Lippman, Kristen gets an additional 10 points and is indeed our winner for this round, uh, for this Woo-hoo. whole game. Congratulations,
0: Kristen. Yay. Thank you. Yay. Hooray for Harriet's Bookshop too, and for everyone for all of
2: the books. That we get to Yes, shout out. out to Harriet's Bookshop in Philadelphia. You all are amazing and congratulations. Molly, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful reading life that is just the right amount of adventurous. <laughs>
3: Thank you so much for such thoughtful, thoughtful book recommendations. And um, I can see what I'm going to be doing in the coming weeks.
2: Have to let us know what you think of those reads.
0: I yes, will. please.
2: Kristen Winner, where can we find you on the internet?
0: You can find me on Twitter at, at PaperAlphabet, P A P E R Alphabet. P-A-P-E-R Alphabet. And Elena, where can we find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Elena Wonders.
2: And you can find me at R.M. McKenney on Twitter and at Rachel Mans McKenney on Instagram. You can also find all the books that we talked about today in our show notes. The buy links will all go to Harriet's Bookshop in Philadelphia. You can find our show online at blinddatewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you've fallen in love with recently.
1: Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mance McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mance McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and enjoy the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.